someone is tired of having dad around the house on sabbatical. Uh, it is really good uh, to be back. I'm so uh, grateful. I haven't done this for a while. I'm going to try to dust off some rust. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see if I can remember what I want to say. Um, so Advent, right? This is when we celebrate the birth of Christ, this uh, notion of God taking on a human form. And this, I mean, I, I want to stress the magnitude of this moment because for most, right, we're going along. Historically, it makes sense, right? God, the spiritual entity, powerful, aloof, right? You got like the Old Testament God, you better be good or... This is how we think of God, many of us, right? We, that's what I would do if I were God, right? Punish evil people and reward good people, and this is sort of how it went. But somewhere along the line, God understands humans to be like in the dark perpetually, chained to our own desires, lost and broken in ways that seem unmendable. Their whole conception of God seems messed up. And so this giant plot twist of this distant, transcendent, spiritual God decides to become a vulnerable baby, like flesh and bone, able to suffer, to love, to be hurt. That's a God I want to worship, right? Not, not the aloof God. I want, to one, I want to worship the God that like takes on my pain, my condition, my alienation, and says, I'm going to love you all the way through it, right? But the <laughs> there's a part of me, again, I... Excuse my sacrilege, right? So I, this is, I have this image in my head of like teenage ethereal Jesus, like pre-Christmas, right? Pre-Advent, like, I don't know, like laying on his bed with earbuds in, looking at his phone, like God the Father bursts in. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> I need you to become a human. It's like, what? Like takes like the music blaring or something, like What? wait a second, you want me to give this whole thing up so that like, I can be tortured to death or something? Celibacy? Like, hard pass, Dad. Hard pass. Like, no th I I'm comfortable right where I'm at. <laughs> like, no, I think that's what's going to happen, right? Like, nope, it's time for you to... But think about what that means, right, to become a human being to be born into poverty, to have no place to be born, to, to have the kind of labor like a carpenter would have, to endure these things so that there can be real empathy and compassion. This is such a dramatic moment, such a plot twist in the story of God that we want to celebrate, that we do celebrate. And I want you to remember that, like, when Jesus is born, the world is a mess. Like, I look at the world now and I get scared. Like, things are as scary as they've ever been in my 45 years living in the United States. It feels like we just, we're sitting on, like, just TNT as a nation. So divided. There's so many large-scale issues that feel unsolvable. 
It feels like it's hard to even talk to my neighbor about things without it turning into like something political or divisive. I feel like we're, we're on the precipice of violence. Like I, I get fearful that the world seems like a, dang, a more dangerous place. And I just want to remind you that when Jesus was born, Rome is occupying the Israelites, like an occupying force is there. The religious leaders are corrupt. Maybe some similarities to where we're at now in the U.S., right? You have um, Herod deciding to kill every child two years and younger. You talk about injustice. You talk about darkness, a difficult time, and that's where God enters. And if love can enter that world, and if hope can enter that world, then that means that God is active and loving and present in our world now today. Can we train our eyes to see where God shows up, where God is being born this Christmas? Can we, can we practice seeing that? And more important than seeing it, can we practice being the hands and feet of Christ so that Jesus might be born in us this Christmas season? So I want us to take our, our model as Mary. So again, the, the shallow part of me, right? I just So Mary is a teenager. She's not married. And the angel's like, you're pregnant. And she, I mean, an, an unmarried pregnant teen in the ancient world, there, there, there is no more vulnerable person. She could be killed for this. Joseph's not going to believe her. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, hard pass, God. Hard pass, no thank you. But that's not what Mary says, right? Mary says, I'm your servant. Let it be as you have said. She, at some deep level, says, I trust you. I trust that God's going to show up even in this. And quite literally, God shows up in that. So can we, can we take our cue from Mary this Advent season and let Christ be born in us. I'm going to be using a metaphor that for many of you is going to feel uncomfortable. So I'm just going to warn you, right? We use male metaphors all the time. Masculine. It's like battle. Take out your swords. We're going to fight evil or something, right? We use sports analogies all the time. It's fourth and one. Are you going to trust God or punt it away? <laughs> <laughs> And, and half the people don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what football, what are you talking about, right? Nope. No, we're using a totally different metaphor. We're going to use the metaphor of pregnancy, of becoming pregnant, of being pregnant, a very feminine one. So some of the men in the room feel squirmish about it. Oh. I mean, like literally in the 1950s, you weren't allowed to say the word pregnant on TV. Did you know that? It was a bad word. Like normal, female, biological, like, nope. No, no, we're going to talk about it. And I want to use it as an image for the spiritual life. So, so, will you show the next slide? Sorry. So, the title is Giving Birth to Christ. Can we, can we, can Christ be born in us this season? Go to the next one. Next one. So, this is like a very traditional Christian greeting during Advent. We sort of lost it, right? But, Many Christians would say, may Christ be born in you this Christmas. So you're going to hear me say this a lot. This is going to be our greeting, right? May Christ be born in you this Christmas. So you say it back to me. Are you ready? One, two, three. May Christ be born in you this Christmas. 
Good. Good. And that means we get to have the fun image of Joe Bankard as pregnant. <laughs> TJ Wilson as pregnant. <laughs> Markers, pregnant. Can we give birth to Christ this Christmas? Now, of course, what I mean, some of what I mean by this is when Christ is born in us, it means that we are producing love and joy and hope in a world that has lots of darkness and loneliness and despair. That we are in some ways giving of ourselves, loving sacrificially so that others might find new life, community, that is how Christ is born, right? But many of you in the room have been pregnant, and many of you have given birth. Easy? Always fun? You know, going to the bathroom every 20 minutes, not being able to sleep, your bones turning into jelly, your body filling with blood. I mean, it's great. It's a super fun dynamic, from what I understand, right? Morning sickness, Delivery, piece of cake. To say, may Christ be born in us this Christmas is to take on a very difficult task. One that is uncertain, like pregnancy. One that we can't control, like pregnancy. You can't just push the baby out. You, get, you have to wait. Oh, I hate waiting. You have to be willing to sacrifice but those of you that have had children, many of you would say, it's the thing that created the most virtue in you, that made you less egocentric, more selfless. You finally care about something more than yourself, willing to die for it. That is Christ being born in us. So there are some scriptures, I, this, for those that think this is weird, right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some scripture. So Paul writes, come on, Sullivan. <laughs> is, it, is it not there? Uh, so there's two scriptures. Just go to the first one. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so uh, in Galatians, I died to the law through the law so that I could live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. This is like, Baptism, you die in the baptism waters, part of you die. So you're a new creation, right? I'm part of a new community. I'm part of God's family now, right? I've been crucified, I've died. That I no longer live, but that Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith. Indeed, by the faithfulness of God's Son, who loved me and gave himself for me. That, Christ, that the Spirit of Christ dwells in me, in a real sense, right? The next one, Saul? Don't you know that you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? If someone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person because God's temple is holy, which is what you are. You have the spirit of God in you. God's image stamped on you, a child of God. In some sense then, right, we are pregnant with Christ, Christ in us. What would it mean to become a midwife for the Christ inside of us to be born into the world? 
It means in some way each of you are sacred, right? Like the divine in you. The problem is I cover it over. I hide it. I am chained. So the next one is a quote from the theologian, Saul. John Sanford. These statements from Paul that we just read, this is what he's referring to, tells us that his personality has been reorganized in such a way that it no longer revolves around his, Paul's ego, but around a larger center within himself that he calls the Christ within. This is the essential thought, that in the course of our lifetime, our personalities are to be transformed and reorganized in such a way that the ego, with its ambitions and goals, is no longer the main reference point, but instead God's love. This can happen in all kinds of ways. Christ can be born in you by delivering food to a family this, this Christmas, right? It can be a word of grace, an offer of forgiveness to family where there's been conflict, right? It can be through an act of service or humility. There's all kinds of ways. The, the thing for me is always the how. Okay, that's great, Joe. I want Christ to be born in me this Christmas. How? 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 I'm just going to give you one way. One thing to think about, Okay? I want you to picture, right, Joe, you, we are Mary, and we are the baby inside, okay? Joe as Mary, I am often, right, um, wearing masks, as TJ said, right? I am less than the person God would want. I'm less than authentic or genuine, but there's a part of me inside, deeply inside, that often whispers, that wants to get out, that whispers truth to me about who I really am, not the lies I tell myself, not the shame or the guilt or the less than, but the true part inside of me that whispers I'm a child of God, loved by God, here created for a purpose. That part I want to give birth to. I want to, I want to be a midwife for that. So I'm sort of like the mom and I'm the baby, right? Something that was very, very influential to me was When the Heart Waits. So some of the ideas come from this book. It's by Sue Monk Kidd. If you ever like read the stuff, like sometimes I'll make a suggestion and people actually read it. When the Heart Waits, I highly recommend. But she talks about these false selves, these false selves that we live that keep us from giving birth to Christ. So I'm just going to talk about a couple and I'm going to share some of my experience and we'll be done. She talks about herself that she grew up as a woman being told to be gentle, to be, to defer, to smile. Why don't you smile? You got such a beautiful smile. Always smile. Be polite. She calls it the girl with the curl. I would, I would like play the role of what it means to be a good woman in the world. But in addition to that, there was also this feeling of being a martyr, a martyr, like, like being resentful of, of doing that, right? Like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do these things, but then I'm also gonna like silently be angry that I can't be who I truly am. So she lives this false self and God's spirit kept talking to her. You are strong, you have something to say, you can lead. So she had to stop believing, right? The lies of what being a woman meant to give birth to the Christ who is saying, you have these gifts, use them. I think about the authentic self of the fragile male ego. The strong man 
who, I don't know, whatever, like hunts and does manly things, and, but is, is so weak that they can't take criticism, so weak that they can't say they're sorry, so weak that they feel threatened constantly. It's not real. It's not authentic. The, the strength that Christ shows has nothing to do with being able to physically dominate someone. It's the courage to go to the cross. That's real. It's the courage to stay silent when he's being accused. It's the courage to go to the people that when he touches them, he'll become an outcast, and he touches them anyway. Can we get rid of the false self, the inauthentic self, the ugly self that we might give birth to Christ, the true self inside? She talks about the fake self of overproductivity. I know I'll be worth what I produce. I'll work all the time. I'll be busy. I'll do so many things. And at some point, I'll never actually be. I'll always do. The one that got me, and I'll share a little bit of my sabbatical with you. She talks about the tin man. The false self that can think about God, that knows the right thing, but doesn't actually connect with your heart that doesn't connect to people with their heart. And I know this is really strange for some of you to think, Joe Banker doesn't struggle with that. I'm crying right now. I cry when I'm inspired. I cry when I'm moved by things or ideas or movies. But as my family, my wife especially could attest, I don't let people in. I don't want to be hurt by you. I will let you in a certain bit, but that's it. So I, I'm happy to help you or listen to you or care about you, but I don't want... I don't want you to get to a place where I need you. I don't want to let you to a place where like, I'm depending on you because that's when you can let me down. That's when you can hurt me. So I have spent a life creating a buffer between me and the world. This perpetual buffer that lets people in a certain ways and then doesn't. So I started my sabbatical and the whole goal for me was spiritual renewal. I was tired of thinking about God and stuff and I wanted to like, really have a softening of my heart. I wanted to encounter like a relationship with my, with my family, with God, like that's deep. So I started by going to the river and I would meditate and I would sit and I would listen to the river. It's beautiful. The ducks are there. It's awesome. And I would feel nothing. Like I have a very quiet mind. Like I, could, I can breathe. I don't get really that distracted. It's like this very quiet and I would feel nothing. And I would leave and I would read my books and Sometimes the ideas in the books would inspire me and I might cry, but it, like, it, it's, it wasn't about Joe. It was like the, the concept that's moving to me. And at some point I realized my strategy for existing in the world keeps me from being hurt, keeps me from being let down, keeps me from dis being disappointed, and it keeps me from connecting and feeling love and feeling like other people's concern and care for me deeply. I can't feel it. I know it's there but I don't feel it, which means I can't connect to God with my heart either. So the image, I was working with a spiritual director, the image I, she gave me was, you have a castle and your drawbridge is up. So like, you can like talk to people on the other side of the moat, hey, you're great, you're great with people, but you're never lowering that drawbridge, they're not getting inside. And so, I have committed Giving birth to Christ for me is being willing to be hurt, is letting my drawbridge down. It's letting people through the gates 
not knowing what you're going to do, you crazy, unpredictable people. (laughs) (laughs) And that in practicing that, I can actually feel God's presence too. I'm not shut down. I'm not tuned out. I'm guessing I'm not the only one whose false self does that. Where Christ is just begging, right, to be born this Christmas. So I don't know what that means for you, but I want that mantra to sink in for the next three weeks. May Christ be born in you this Christmas. I'm going to end with uh, Sue Monk Kid. This is, she journals all the time, and it's beautiful. So this is her journal entry about the Tin Man. God, I don't want to live falsely in self-imposed prisons and fixed, comfortable patterns that confine my soul and diminish the truth in me. So much of me has gone underground. I want to let my soul out. I want to be free to risk what's true, to be myself. Set free the daring in me, the willingness to go within, to see the lies I tell myself. I'll try to run away, but don't let me. Don't let me stifle myself with prudence that binds the creative revisioning of life, my journey toward wholeness. I'm scared, God. Make me brave. Lead me into the enormous spaces of becoming. Help me cease the small, tedious work of maintaining and protecting so that I can break the masks that obscure your face shining in the night of my own soul. Help me to green light my soul and risk becoming the person you created me to be. Amen. Please stand for our closing song.